Okay, I need these in front of me. Okay. Little Jim Beam. You do what you gotta do. Jimmy Beam right there. Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy Beam Jr. Jimmy Beam. Jimmy. And Jefferson's. Very small batch. Not a small batch, but a very small batch. It's a little wee batch. I don't know anything, do I? No, no, no. You're all caught up. I'm good? Yeah. Your Venmo is fast. Well, you know, the technology... It's come a long way. Except for notes. Yeah. You know what? I, I think the... So Elton yeah, has notes. to fax his Venmo, <laughs> yeah. which then he has to fill out yeah. a form and fax back. Natalie makes me fill out a form and triplicate yeah. in our carbon paper. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of carbon paper. Payment yeah. technology. Natalie, Natalie's in the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ben Slow. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, then slow. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, you ready? Yep. All right. Count us in. One, two, three. Why don't you count this down? Should we go backwards? <laughs> the one is silent. Three, two. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Bourbon Boys, a podcast where guys get together to talk about bourbon, about the four P's of life, personal, professional, parenting, and family with a P, and everything that comes with being a dad. We aren't bourbon snobs, just a group of guys who like bourbon for what it is and how it tastes. Pretty darn simple. This is Podcast 7, or in this case, 007, and I'm Kurt. And with me are my bourbon boys, Elton. Kurt. Krat. Hello. And Do. Here we go. All right. So tonight, guys, we've got three new bourbons to taste in front of me. Uh, first one is 114 Old Granddad, not specifically in this order. Uh, we have Little Jim Beam, because it's in a little bottle. And we've got Jefferson's. Uh, I'm glad to be back with you guys, as always, to taste some great bourbon, spend the night together, or the evening, I should say. And uh, <laughs> where is this going? Uh, so, so. Not that kind of podcast. Yeah, okay. Kurt. Welcome back, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started, all right? And uh, which is up first, you guys? Where would you like to start? So, Kurt, why are we drinking these bourbons? Why are we? Yeah. Well, our friend Dew had a great idea. <laughs> Episode 7, 007, and these are all bourbons that Mr. 007 drank in it. at least one of the movies. Correct. So, And I always thought he was just a martini guy, but come to find out, he's a bourbon guy, too. Well, there you go. Yep. Cool. International man of mystery and yes. bourbon drinker. That's yep. right. So what's the last uh, Bond movie you guys have watched? Um... Skyfall, I think. Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It's the last one I saw, too. Is that, is that the last one? I think there's been one since. Okay. I, I think, think I think I'm caught yeah. up. Maybe it is the last the one. The one when they it's were the in Mexico, right? During no. um Dia de Marta. Hmm. God That's bless probably you. Not Skyfall. I don't remember. Okay. I was hmm. gonna say the one with the helicopter in it, but I think they all have helicopters yes. in them. So yep. yep. I'll go with Skyfall. Austin I don't know. Martins and helicopters. I actually like the older ones better. Do you? Yeah, I do. All right. Yep. We did watch the uh, part of uh what from Russia with love. I think it was the old Roger Moore. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not great TV or movies. 
Oh, fun though, but yeah. fun because we watched the Casino Royale remake last night. As research, yeah, as research, and uh, yeah. All right, so favorite Bond actor? Well, James, of course, James Bond. No, the f- favorite <laughs> Bond actor. I'll go Sean Connery. I'll take the easy route. Yeah, he's yeah. a classic. Yeah. I do like the older ones with Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really do. I, I don't. I couldn't get into the older ones, but the uh, Daniel Craig ones I could get into. Maybe it was mm-hmm. more action. I don't know. They had, um, I think it was before Pierce Brosnan, there was probably the least expected Bond character. I've forgotten the guy's name now, but it was like... I don't know. It reminded me of somebody you'd see like on Days of Our Lives or some kind of soap opera. Mr. Bean. <clears throat> it wasn't quite that extreme, but close. Oh, it, uh, the one, the last one was Spectre. Okay. Yeah, Spectre. Yeah. And then right. there's No Time to Die is coming in 2020. Cool. So that's a franchise that just keeps going. Well, it's, it's owned by, well, the franchise owned, I'm using air quotes here, by... Um, is it uh, Ian Fleming's family yeah, still owns the rights and yep. manages the production mm. and everything else? That's yep. cool. Yeah, but isn't there something historic about the 007 in the new movie? I don't know. Is there? Yeah, look it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> you want to tell me what it is? No. Oh, because I don't know if I'm right. Yeah. Okay. Let's get started with the bourbon. We'll come right. back to that when he okay. when he drops the phone. <laughs> I think I know. You're <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, so what do we what do we want to start with? I mean, I we don't have to we have to we don't have to do them in order. So we want to start with Jefferson. Oh, Jefferson sounds like Elton Prescott. By the way, like in the specs, man. Thank you. I can't see uh, squat. I, <laughs> you look really wise. I feel wise. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, so we're gonna start with the Jeffersons, and you guys are poor. So thanks, Dave. Yeah, this one, yeah, pull yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think part of the research that uh, that Dew had done on this was that James Bond drank Virginian Gentleman. So I went to the ABC store to look for Virginian Gentleman, and they did not have it. So instead, I went with the gentleman from Virginia and got a bottle of Jefferson's. Good call. So well um, played. One was one was twenty one ninety five, and this one was significantly 20. more than twenty one ninety five. But uh, I figured this one we could drink and enjoy probably a little bit more so than Virginia Gentleman. All right. All right. So. Have you, has anyone had Virginia Gentleman as a no. point of reference? No. 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 I was All telling right. Kurt it, it, it stood about an inch off the floor. Oh. Yeah, it was very, very, very low. Okay. Um, <laughs> different episode. So, different episode, yeah. <laughs> yes. Kind of like ancient age. There it you go. We be. got two of them, right? We're yeah. getting there. Yep. We'll get to an under $10 bottle. There you go. They exist. Yeah. I can't wait. Six ninety nine. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's terrible. So, all right. So so Jefferson's has been around since ninety seven. Um, father son team um, decided to uh, to start distilling and brought this out. I think the name. Um, the guy said honestly, I didn't have any marketing dollars, so I went with a name that people would recognize, had some historic value, and stood for tradition. So, and that helps. Jefferson's it was. And that how Eddie Murphy got elected in that movie? Could be. Yeah. Really? I think his name was Jefferson in that movie. Don't know. Hmm. All right. I'll do some research. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of movies to do. We got on. a lot of research to do. Um, I, thought, right. I thought this I like was it. a show about international men of intrigue. and Yes. I'm sure dear. Eddie That's Murphy's us. traveled internationally. Could have. <laughs> 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 I was coming to America. There you go. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, um, they've got several different versions of Jefferson. They've got um, 
Actually, they've got a rye. They have one that is distilled in rum barrels. Seen that one. Um, they have they have one that I believe is in port barrels, and then they also have Jefferson Ocean, which is kind of a mm-hmm. clever thing where they um, put a bunch of barrels on um, a freighter and let the bourbon slosh around the barrel for a while to um, hopefully get more of the charry oak flavor out of the barrel, just from washing the bourbon over the, the oak as the boat yeah. rocks back and forth. So. Um, this is one of my um, one of my favorites. I mean, it's just a good solid go-to bourbon. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Lots of really um, lots of vanilla. If you guys oh, yeah. can taste the vanilla and, yep. and a little yeah. bit of um, a little bit of caramel. Yep. Um, Definitely get the caramel. I don't have much on the nose though. I don't. It's hard, I, hard for me to nail what it, that is. For me, it's then on the nose. It's a lot of alcohol. Do you get any butterscotch in the nose? Hmm. Yeah. A little yeah, bit. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Now okay. that you say that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is suggestive. You could have said Parmesan cheese. <laughs> it was, it's coming next. <laughs> I'm waiting for one that's obviously. <laughs> Jim Beam Jr. Jimmy. Um, but, but just a very, good sipping. Yeah. Super no, smooth. Good. Yep. I remember one of our episodes we talked about what bourbon would you recommend to somebody that's never really had bourbon before. Yep. And I think this would be one of them. I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's not call. harsh. It's not bitey. It's just super smooth. Um, very, very smooth. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't linger with you very long at all. Nope. Um, it's kind of a quick finish. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's times where you want something that's got a little bit more spice to it and other times not. Yeah. Um, it sits on my tongue a little bit, I will say. Yep. Yeah. So. In a good you, way. I mean, it's not not in a bad way. It just, but uh, the flavor sits there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, though, about the taste. Like, I, you said butterscotch, but. I smell butterscotch, but yeah. I, I taste more of the caramel. It's vanilla. Lots of vanilla for oak. me. Yeah. Yeah. So. What's the um? <laughs> excuse me. Do you the know what the mash bill is on it? I don't. I did not see that in the research. Okay. So I would guess probably low on the rye, mm-hmm. yeah, higher on the corn. Definitely on the corn. It's pretty pretty sweet. And the smoothness I think is going to give you. It's going to come from that malted barley. So I yeah. think that I would probably guess that it's it's a little bit you know in, in lockstep with the rye. Yep. Mm. yep. What's the proof on it, Dave? Uh, gosh, I think it was ninety. Okay. Yeah, it's not it's not too high. I mean, you don't yeah. get the bite out of it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, they have um, also saw they have a presidential small batch. It's supposed to be really good. Um, and then they um, I'm trying to remember what was the other one. There's a Jefferson's Reserve. Yep, there is. That was mm-hmm. one of the first ones that they did. Was the mm-hmm. Jefferson Reserve? That's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but the the ocean is um is an interesting one. If um if you guys yeah. get a chance to try that, yeah. I mean, it's kind of kind of clever. Yeah, yeah. but I think I think yeah. the the Distiller has a buddy that owned um, or owns a, a freighting company, and literally just say, hey, "Be kind of cool, throw some barrels on here and see what happens." Yeah, that's cool. Idea. Um, so this yeah. is by far the most caramel flavor mm-hmm. I remember in a bourbon, like sitting mm-hmm. on your tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get a lot of caramel out of this, which is yeah. good. It's, yeah, I like yeah. the sweetness. Yep. Yeah. So you know, maybe the James Bond that had Virginia Gentleman, modern day would be drinking Jefferson. I, I think don't know. You're right. I think you're right. If if uh, this was not bottom shelf, it surprises me that a James Bond character would have anything that is today bottom shelf. But yeah. mm-hmm. I think you're right. This feels like it would be a contemporary upgrade to it. Yeah. And I like the twist you made, a gentleman from Virginia. There you go. Um, but it's it's yeah, a, that was a good play. It's good. It is good. And you were just in Virginia area. Actually, you are you are correct. I was. We yeah. were staying in Crystal City, which is over across from DC proper. Yeah. Cool. Did you see any um, guys in trench coats sitting in the park 
like waiting for somebody to have some kind of espionage like conversation. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, no, but I did go to the Spy Museum. That just opened in August. Excellent. And um, yeah, it's the new one. And yeah, it was pretty darn cool. Building the building's pretty amazing, and um, I, I've been to the old one, so a lot of the content was similar, but it was done in different ways. Um, <clears throat> what was cool is the company I used to work for actually built all the exhibits for the new one. So yeah, oh, cool. yeah so it was kind of cool to see my uh, my old company's work. Was there um, any cool kind of old school technology in Spy Museum gadgets? Oh, yeah. I mean... It's very cool. It is yeah. very cool. Yeah. I mean, they have... And apparently what I learned is that the the stuff that they have, the collection, yeah. is predominantly owned by one couple who has hmm. collected this stuff over many, many years. Wow. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, they have anything like the phone in the heel of a shoe and mm. like... I mean, it's Coco yeah, gadget it's, arms, things like that. It is really <laughs> cool. No, it is really cool, and they tell it from. I mean, it's it's obviously evolved because so many things have happened since the first one, but they tell it from all different perspectives. Heavy on the KGB the and Cold War, yeah. CIA mm-hmm. and the Cold War, but mm-hmm. then also up to modern day, um, like cyber attacks, and so they're addressing a lot of different things, and they do it in a really really cool way. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it was really well done. So I think there's two floors right now but they have a i think a third floor uh that is right now they're going to be adding so they'll keep adding content over time so they've moved into this pretty amazing building that they can grow into i wonder how they buy artifacts for the museum i mean there's got to be some i mean (laughs) mean, seriously you gotta wonder if there's some cloak and dagger behind that too i mean you don't don't think they're getting with the flea market yeah (laughs) they just get there they just get there early yeah Yeah. well i think i think a lot i think a lot of it is on loan um and um yeah, yeah, I think you'd be surprised probably hmm. where some of this stuff shows up. But That's it was cool. It was, so if you're there, I would definitely recommend it to those listening and to those here. Uh, it's definitely worth a see. We went to the the first one, and it was um, 2009, and I had been traveling for an entire year. So I was on the road for over 250 nights. Oof. And um, we took the kids to, to uh, D.C., and we, we stood in line and bought tickets and then you know stood in another line mm-hmm. and waited. And out of curiosity, I, I walked up to the front of the line because the line was at least two hours long. And I asked the um, one of the guys working there who is just this, you know, gargantuan bouncer size guy in a black suit. They look like like men in black, but on steroids. Kind of like Kurt. Just like Kurt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, so he was probably like six, seven, six, eight, three something. Just a big dude. Just and like me. It's kind of close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I cross my eyes and there's two of you. Yeah. Um, so I went up and I said, you know, just uh, we've got tickets. We're, we're here. We're not, we're not you know, trying to cut the line. But just out of curiosity, how, how long is this? And he was like, it's about an hour and a half, hour and 45. I was like, okay, why don't you do me a favor? And I, I, I had a receipt and I wrote my name on the back of the receipt. And I said, when we come up here, just make a big deal about me being a spy. Because my kids don't know where I've been. They don't believe me that I've just been traveling the country for the year. <laughs> and so he, but he didn't wait until we got to the front of the line. He came back and he walked past me and then walked past me again. He's like, Agent Wood? And I was like, shh. And he goes, Agent Wood, come with me. And he took us out of line, took us in the employee entrance, brought us up in this mirrored elevator 
and, and dropped us into the, like the middle of the exhibit, like the doors open and we were in the exhibit yeah. and everyone's staring at us. That's cool. But the whole time up the ride, my kids were like, what is happening? <laughs> and he's, he's Meanwhile, everybody in line is like, there's a spy in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and he's, he's playing up. He's like, when was the last time we saw each other? Where were we in? And he's just rattling off all these Eastern European cities. And I was like, yeah, I think it was that assignment that we saw each other. And he's like, yeah, well, have you talked to agent so-and-so since then? And we just had this. He was fantastic. It's wild. And my kids, they were just losing their minds. (laughs) For years, they were convinced it was the truth. Really? Yep. That's awesome. We let them them, uh, believe that for a while. That's awesome. But the the people that work there are... Clearly, they're into it and they're excited about how how kitsch it is. Yeah. That's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's uh, that's an awesome story. That was a good time. (laughs) All right. So real quick on the Google search. Yes. What'd you find? The new 007 is female. Oh. A black female has been cast for the new 007 character in the new movie coming out. Well, why is Daniel Craig still on the poster? I don't know. I'm just telling you, Derek. (laughs) Why do you have to complicate everything? I'm just curious. Bond's number is up. Black female actor is the new 007. Brilliant. Who is it? It says, while Daniel Craig is set to reprise his role as James Bond in the next film, the franchise is set for a shakeup, with reports claiming that a British actor, Lashana Lynch, has been cast as 007. That's very cool. That is very cool. I'd like to see the handoff on that one. Yeah, why can't you be 008? <laughs> I don't know why you got to mess with a good thing. Running out of numbers? Why can't you just embrace? <laughs> I'm kind of without. Why? All right, we're not going to get into this conversation. <laughs> no, drink. I think it's fine. I just It's a little bit of tradition here with 007. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Nobody right. said she was going to be 007 in the movie, so let's just wait and see what the movie says. Oh, I thought that's exactly what you just said. I'm, no. I'm sure. just saying. I'm pretty sure that's okay. what he said. No, did you not listen to what I said? Probably no, not, not really. <laughs> no. Chances Bonds, are. No, listen, yeah. listen. Listen. Bond's number is up. Okay. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast... The little button on the left will go back 15 seconds, and you can <laughs> you can <laughs> see if Kurt was really talking. If we were right or not. Oh boy! Well, whatever. All right. <laughs> All right. Carry it on. I don't I care. Like I'm it. just letting you guys know. <laughs> All right. That Jefferson's really good. Yeah, like it's it. good. I like it. It is really good. I'm a fan. Yeah. Let's go. Where to now? All right. Let's do Jimmy Bean. Where would Bond Jim go Bean. next? And can you lift this bottle, Alton? Yeah, it's a little miniature bottle. I didn't want to overinvest after the uh, Ezra Brooks debacle last week. What size bottle is that? This is a. <laughs> it's a little man bottle. <laughs> it's a single pour. It's a single pour. <laughs> it's a 375 milliliters. It's sold mm. for, I think, uh, $8. This is like an airplane bottle when you fly to Australia. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. right. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. It's more than three ounces, unfortunately. I'm, I'm going to pour a little wee snip. Yeah. Oh, have all you want. Trust size. me, soldier. It'll be there. So Jim Bean uh, also made a cameo in, or the drink did, in a, another Bond film. I cannot remember which one that was, but uh, it does yeah. not matter because he drank in all of them, so we can pretend it was whatever we want. So uh, obviously Jim Beam, one of the uh, anchor families in bourbon in the U.S. I don't think there's many branches on the bourbon tree in, in the U.S. actually. but uh, So a little bit of history. Um, <coughs> Uh, the Bean family arrived from Germany in like 1740. Uh, in the late 1780s, they relocated to uh, Kentucky, 
the government was subsidizing people uh, moving there and growing corn. Some of the leftover corn was then made into uh, some bourbon, which, nice job, Jacob Bean. Uh, actually sold the first bottle uh, as Old Jake Bean Sour Mash in hmm. 1795. Hmm. So here's a little bit of trivia. Apparently there were a lot of people brewing uh, bourbon or distilling in Kentucky. If you guys had to guess, in the early 1800s, how many distilleries were there in Kentucky? Early in what 1800s. year? In early 1800s. Early 1800s. I'm going to guess 325. He's good. 324. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the price is right. <laughs> I, wasn't, I was thinking 100 would be a lot. I was too, but the actual number is about 2,000. Good Lord. And I guess it was all local. It was all local stuff. So regardless of that, uh, a little bit of trivia there for your next bar visit. Um, (laughs) So sold the first bottle in 1795. Uh, Jacob's son, David, actually renamed the bourbon Old Tub, which is interesting because that was the name of the distillery, apparently. So it was Old Tub Bourbon, which grew and grew in popularity. Um, And then in 1894... This is where it gets to be more familiar. James Beauregard Beam, Jim Beam to his friends, took over the distillery from his father. So David Beam handed it off to Jim Beam. Uh, at that time, Old Tub was nationally known. Um, so kind of the first, one of the first national bourbon brands. Uh, and things went well up until 1921. What happened? Prohibition. 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 Shut them down. They had no medical licenses or any of that, so they actually closed the doors there. So uh, 13 years later, they get to come back. They rebuild their distillery. And then in 1935, Jim Beam uh, pro- produced his first batch of post-Prohibition bourbon. So that's where uh, Jim Beam uh, he no longer owned the rights to the Old Tub name, and I try. I was very intrigued by that. I cannot find out what happened or how he lost the rights to the Old Tub name because they certainly had it heading into Prohibition. So hmm. I don't know if they sold it off to try to get assets out of it, but I can't find anything on that. So if uh, anybody knows that story, uh, please let us know. I'm very curious about that for some unknown reason. Is it possible that Old Tub owed a lot of money to people? Very well And they be. just said, nope, it's not coming back, and... Neither is your yeah, money. just shut her down. Yeah, because <laughs> it does actually <laughs> reappear. So, uh, in 1935, when they came back, they sold their first new bottle under the name Colonel James B. Beam Bourbon. So, it's still James B. Beam. Beam. Uh-huh. Um, but later in that year, his son, Jim Beam's son, he was getting up in years, uh, refounded the distillery and actually named it Jim Beam and changed the label. So, this is what we got. since 1935. Jim Beam has been on the shelves across America. Not bad. Yeah. Good trivia. Here's an interesting thing, though. Uh, Jim Beam was apparently a bit of a paranoia. So after um, Prohibition, he actually took home a uh, jug of the yeast strain every weekend. So if something happened at the distillery or whatever, they would have the original yeast strain um, to restart making bourbon. It's pretty mm. smart. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, pretty, yeah. good, pretty good insurance policy. And, yeah, really. Uh, reading on the internet, so it must be true. Uh, apparently, his <laughs> great- Thank you, Al Gore. Yeah, yeah thank you, Al. <laughs> his uh, great-grandson still carries on that tradition today. So, really? Yeah. Wow, So that's, that's cool. one way to protect the family assets is just take them home yep. with you every weekend. So I'm trying that's to think. Incredible. There was another one we, we tasted a while back that they still use the original strain from the original bourbon. Do you guys remember which one that was? 
It was. Um, it wasn't Russell's, was it? Nope. It was the. It may have been Blade and Bow with the cascading casks. Is that what you're thinking? Okay. Like I think they took so. an original one. Was that the remember. stack? I think it was. It may have been Blade, but it was the stack cast. Yeah. Because I was trying to figure out in my head how that worked. Yep. Okay. Yep. So this uh, this is 80 proof. Kretz shivering over there, so I'm not sure it's, it's going 80. down smooth. It's, no, a, it's 80 proof. It's a, only aged four years. So remember, bourbon's have to be aged yeah. at least two. A lot of what we drink is six to eight. Six to eight. Yeah. Yeah. So this is only four. <laughs> the mash bill is favorable for what I like: 75 corn, 13 rye, and 12 barley. So, given yeah. all these shivers that are going around it the table, giving me the shivers. Is it just unfair because we had Jefferson before this? Yes, we were going to go straight downhill. Yeah, <laughs> there is no doubt. We should have stopped it. I mean, there's nothing so, wrong. I don't with know, it. though. I mean, I don't. I don't mind it actually. I'll be honest with you. It's got a. To me, it's got a little less of a bite. Um, there's a bit of smoothness to it. I don't. I don't think it's yeah. horrible. But listen, Dave, you weren't there last time either, so you didn't taste. Yeah, you. We've seen you the bottom taste of the, the shit we well, drank last <laughs> week. Yeah. And I mean, but at, at the end of the day, I don't know that there's a whole lot of straight bourbon drinkers drinking Jim Beam. Maybe not. Well, right? that's true. I mean, it's, 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 you think it's more of a mixer? Yeah, yeah. And I think okay. it's. A, yeah. I think it's a fine mixer. Right? Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I did go so. straight all the way back to the original Beam. I think uh, yeah. we, we could do a whole episode on some of the. Uh, iterations that they've done off this, which would be a kind of cool exercise. Do you know how many they have off of this right now on the shelf? Probably a dozen. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. just different, like cast strength or and uh, flavors. Flavor, yeah. yeah, they do some flavoring. Oh, so, do they? Like yeah. an apple and yeah. honey. And, yeah, okay. Yeah. Not ready for so, those yet. No. So, but, um, one thing on the no, you know, nose on this one, I did actually get a little bit more oak than I expected, which I kind of liked it. And for four years, yeah, like it's pulling up short of yep. most of the ones that we're tasting in the six plus. Yeah, yep. I mean, maybe it comes from a little barrel because it's in a little bottle. <laughs> Small sized, <laughs> very tiny distiller, a very wee, tiny distiller, a wee little distillery, <laughs> <That's right. in> <laughs> a little man with his little barrel producing little bottles. Of is it is around? The, is it around the neck of a, uh, a, a Nordic dog? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It can't be the Saint Bernard. That's too big. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe that's maybe that's how get, they get the oaky flavor out of four years. It's because the dog is just sloshing that thing around. <laughs> Right. Lots, of and yes. Lots of fetch. Lots of fetch. That works. Are you are you trying to rein this in? Or <laughs> I am. I'm trying. I mean, I know I brought it out there, but I'm trying to bring it back in. So. All right. I smell um, like peat moss. Peat <laughs> or, or, or stall. That's all, that's all my shoe. I put that on the yard. Seriously, there's like a barn smell to it. Well, now you're ruining it. Well, I, I definitely <laughs> get more of the more alcohol smell yeah. on it, like a, like a quick evaporation uh, rubbing alcohol, but do you smell yeah. the barn? I'm not getting barn. Okay, I, I, hear, I can, I can I, see where you could, I you could get I honestly, like, I honestly hear. Maybe what I should ask a southern boy. Are you smelling barn? Okay, well, you don't. stop interrupting <laughs> me. Don't. I, I keep, I hear what you guys are saying. I have before, but not yeah. right now. But I actually don't think it's that bad. And okay. to be honest with you, every time I see Jim Beam, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. That's such a commonplace bourbon. It, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not intriguing to me, but. I don't think it's horrible, but it's probably not. That's certainly not my favorite, but yeah. I think you guys are being a little crude. No, crude. I, I, I can see it as a mix. Um, I don't know if I would sit down and pour, you know, two fingers of this and just. No. Mm-mm. No, I'm not feeling that. Yeah. Plus, the, the proof was 80, so that's pretty low. Yeah. 
That's an efficiency play now. Yeah, I was going to say, they would probably right. just cut that Well, thing. get ready for the big dog because you got 114 coming up. Yikes. Woo. Granddad. So I looked, I, I looked this one up, and it, it was in The Living Daylights, which was 1987, and that is with Timothy Dalton. Was that who you're thinking of, Dave? No. After, no, like even before, uh, after, no, before. It wasn't Timothy Dalton. There was, okay. I think there was somebody even before him, and it just, maybe it was one movie. Okay. This one is about a, a British secret agent, James Bond, helps KGB officer defect during a symphony performance. And during his debriefing, the KGB officer reveals that a policy of assassinating defectors has been instated by the new KGB head. That's a bad day. Yes. But as Bond explores this threat, a counterplot surfaces involving a shady American arms dealer and a pair of Russian assassins. Makes sense. Uh, and everybody's listening, wish they would have fast forwarded. <laughs> right. So the button or you on can the rent right the movie. <laughs> will jump ahead 15 seconds. <laughs> Thank God for editing. You're so, talking about editing me out. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the time. So has anyone been to, with this scene happening, has anyone been mm. to Russia? I have never been to Russia. Kurtron, you're probably closest. Close. The closest has probably been, well, Czechoslovakia. I'd say it's probably pretty close. Yeah, I've been to Norway. Okay. So, yeah, so have I. So I think that's... <laughs> so Czechoslovakia, we think, is the closest? I don't know if it's the closest, but... I think it probably is. I think Norway is pretty close, though. I mean, is if it? you look at the proximity to the Scandinavian countries, they're pretty They're pretty close geographically. Yeah. I just can't visualize it. I'll play dumb American and look on my phone. I mean, I I lived in the Netherlands for a year, so that that's just beyond Denmark, and Denmark is really close to, to Russia as well. What were we doing in the Netherlands? Uh, drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was good in, uh, I was in listening to the cure. Yeah, right. Well, it was about that time. No, I was uh I got out of high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, so I went abroad as an exchange student with AFS. I did too. Spent a Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I spent a year there in a town called Dutikem and um lived with an amazing family which I still am very much in touch with today. In fact, I'm going to be going and seeing them in a couple of weeks. So you guys That's are awesome. heading to Portugal soon, aren't you? We are. Well, we're going to well, the Netherlands Portugal. first. Oh, you're going to the Netherlands first. Yep, okay. for a 50th birthday party for my host brother, Guido. And then we're heading down to Portugal. But yeah, we I spent a year there, and uh, it's kind of become a second home for me. That's awesome. Yeah, amazing family. Um, really had an amazing year there. Love that country. That was a great Absolutely country. Absolutely love that country. You taking brother some bourbon, I assume, for a gift? Um, good call. That's actually Seriously, a dude, really you, you good about idea. <laughs> <laughs> what about a t-shirt? Yeah, I was going to say, I know a place where you can get a <laughs> yes. really cool t-shirt. Yeah, just in time for I holidays. think that's a really great idea. <laughs> it should be. I might have Can to bring two bottles because my host father likes to yeah. drink that kind of stuff too. I think you should. I think we know where you can find them. That's that'll be, be tonight's last call. Can I get a discount? Yeah, I got some Ezra Brooks. You can just take the hey, rest. Hey, don't try taking last I'm call. No, no, over. I'm just giving suggestions. Dude, back it's off. Fine. I don't want it. Back I don't want it. off. It's all you. I like that though. All right. Yeah. So, so you've been to Norway. We just I just pulled up the map. Yeah. So Norway is closer to Russia than um, Amsterdam. No. Okay. And um, what about Czechoslovakia? Yeah, I think Czechoslovakia. I think Czechoslovakia is, is the win. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at an older map here, so it's probably not that anymore. 
Um, yeah, I think that that's going to be the win there. Okay. Yeah. I think my closest was Budapest mm. in Hungary. But um, yeah, there there there's something about Mo- Moscow that I and St. Peter's Square that I like to see at some point. But I don't know. I'm just not not feeling like it's ready yet. Yeah. I think it's different for us. You know, my family I lived with over there, they've been to Russia a number of times. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure in the climate that we're living in right now, it's a place that I'd probably want to put my foot down on. That's Have you guys ever read tricky. Red Notice? No. No. Mm-hmm. Fascinating book by the guy who did uh, when they tried to make Russia a capitalist market. Hmm. He was a uh, hedge fund guy. Hmm. I uh, forgot his name, Bill something. But anyway, it talks about the how they value the companies. And he came in as a Westerner and was totally raking in the cash. Got in <clears> Gorbachev's <throat> bad side. Fascinating story. I'll bring the book. But Wow. Topic for another night. But Red Notice, if anybody out there likes to read some uh, real-life spy stories. That's crazy. Yeah, bondage. that's cool. cool. And you yeah, said that cool. was during Gorbachev's mm-hmm. reign or yep. years? Yep. Yeah. Did you guys um, watch The Americans? I think so. Yes. It's a great show. Yeah. What's that on? That Netflix? Or? No. Oh, you well, know what? It, I think it was on Netflix. Either the Netflix or Amazon, but I think it was on one of the, um, maybe USA. I didn't watch The Americans. I watched The American Story, which is a, <laughs> no, no, no. But it's just not The Americans. <laughs> yeah. What about American Pie? All right. I'm done with you people today. <laughs> Kurt, would like to redact that? Anyways. Yeah. Go ahead. Just edit it, Derek. So what was it about? <laughs> no, I mean, it's a, it's a show about, it's a show that takes place in the Cold War. Well, actually, it's probably more like the 70s and early 80s. But it's a um, Russian family that was placed in the United States acting as Americans, and they were spies. And it's a really cool show. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So... Is it a series or just like yeah, it's a yeah. series. Okay. It goes on like I've forgotten how many seasons. That's Quite a few. Cool. Yeah. Anyways, so um, all right. So take a break. Yeah. Okay, let's take a break. All right, guys, let's take a break. Let's do it. And we're back. I do had all this intro stuff. You didn't give me the you didn't give me the text for that. So no, so we're back. So um, so we've had Jefferson so far. That was really good. Little Jim, little Jim Beam. Yeah, I see it. Alta, you don't have to point to it. Put your glasses back on. Fan. So sassy tonight. Yep, sassy Kurtron. So our last one for the night is one fourteen old granddad. So old granddad was in Live and Let Die. Oh, God, this is strong. Well, it's 114 proof, Derek. All right. All right. I, I, I skipped ahead. <laughs> yeah, you also drank the whole class. No, Alvin gave me a little uh, okay. a little overflow. Yeah, baby right. Well, you guys yeah. you guys sniff and sip and do whatever you got to do. I'm going to tell you a little yeah, bit about this about one. This. because. Good Lord. So I'm going to try to move with this pretty quickly. There's there's a lot of cool background on this one, but um, it's going to take us back to, to Jim Beam. So. Dear God. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of dear gods <laughs> and uh, squinting. Let, let this yeah. thing live and let okay, die. But, okay, so, but here's the deal. We we knew this one was going to be tough, but like, let's just, let's go. Okay, so James, <laughs> James Beam, James Beam. So it's yep. all tied to Jim Beam. So, okay. um, and I'm like I said, I'm going to go pretty quick through this one because the, uh, the history is pretty familiar. But obviously James Beam started in the 1700s. And um, obviously went through a series of things, but old granddad specifically, uh, 
is distilled by the distilled by the Jim Beam plant in Claremont, Kentucky. So, you know, where we find most of them. The roots. Um, the brand actually though was created by Raymond R. Or Raymond B. Hayden. So, if that rings a bell to you, um, and it was after his grandfather who was. Meredith Basil Hayden. Mm-hmm. So the Basil Haydens we've had before. There's Very a relationship good. here to this one. So Actually, we this guy must have been estranged from Basil. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about Basil Hayden, have we? We have not. Yeah, no. I don't think. All right, so we'll, we'll no, we haven't. Actually, we've now that you say it, that, yeah, we've all had it. It's, it's one of my faves. It's so really good. I really do super, like it. Super easy go to. Yeah. and this right. is practically yep. the same thing. Yeah, but not really. But not really. <laughs> In any wow. event, okay, your guys are killing my story here. No, go, go, so, go. Um, so in any event, he was a very well-known distiller in his time. And uh, if you look at the bottle, actually, that's a picture of Basil Hayden oh. on the front of that because it was named after him as a grandfather. So old Basil Hayden, hmm. uh, i.e. Uh, old granddad and what is called old Overholt um, are both now owned and distilled by the Beam Suntory brand. So I'm going to touch on the Suntory thing because... Um, Jim Beam is actually now owned by a Japanese company, which is called Centauri, and they own a whole sleuth of brands from vodka to gym to bourbon to other kinds of spirits. And uh, their corporate headquarters now are in Chicago, Illinois, in the Merchandise Mart. And um, but there's a so I'm not going to go through the whole story on this one, but um, you know, a lot of commonalities here, obviously, um, the Claremont, Kentucky. But here's the thing. Prohibition, uh, the company produced medicinal whiskey. So they were mm. able to, the Hayden family was able to kind of keep producing at that time. Um, and at that time, they had facilities in Cincinnati, Frankfurt, uh, but also produced Old Crow, Old Overholt, and Old Taylor. Um and then they were sold, and they went through they went through a series of different cells. So this this company has really gone through like cell after cell after cell, and they landed with Centauri. Okay, okay. you guys are all looking at me, so I'll speed it up. A lot of old. No, you're good. Yeah, the brand no, director. Yeah, I like the word old. It's like a theme <laughs> they'll, they'll pay they'll pay more for it. Just put old in front of it. Yeah, put old in front of it. There's only two now. So, um, but here's one thing I thought you would find interesting, Elton. Uh oh. Um, so they were they so Centuri actually acquired about twenty brands uh, back in two thousand and five, and um, they've now turned into one of the largest producers of whiskey in the international market. March of two thousand sixteen, actually, the company announced that it was moving its headquarters to Chicago, which I just told you guys, and um, the Chicago Cubs and Beam Centuri announced a long term sponsorship deal in two thousand seventeen. Uh, which is making Beam the official spirits partner of the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Well, good for them. As a Cardinal fan, I don't like the Cubs, but <laughs> get it. as okay. a baseball fan, that's oh true. That's God. good trivia. It's a baseball <laughs> fan thing. I knew you were into baseball, and you're trying to go to all the different stadiums. So. Hey, guys, let's, let's, let's pull back a little bit from beating up on Kurt. Oh, right. Seriously, I'm trying to bring some I do good like, stuff. Like, I was thinking about the guy, and he just I mean, slams me I down. I do appreciate that's really baseball, right? That is kind of cool. Event. All right. yeah, it's typically my job to beat up on Kurt. <laughs> that's right. So. Screw all of you. So... Um, Different podcast. I it's really mm-hmm. funny because I read I read an, a review of this one and uh, it kind of cracked me up because it reminded me of last week a little bit. But they talk about how this bourbon has hair on its chest. So obviously, by the looks on all of your faces when you're okay. trying this one, it's I certainly think it's got hair on the bottle. Yeah, I think I now um, have hair on my back. <laughs> 
Um, it's they're known for their above average of rye, and I'll go through the yes, the, the mash pretty quickly here. Um, it's very evident on the nose, uh, with some faint hints of orange peel and spice. Okay, and a little bit of Ben Gay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does say that the bourbon commands all of your attention and yep. then some. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is the most accurate. Okay. The bourbon does seem <laughs> to enjoy lungs. a few extra minutes out of the bottle as it becomes a bit easier to go down. Oh, maybe that's what's missing. Yeah, right. That's why oh. I poured it early, but I'll obviously you guys just went right at it. Um, that's why the mouth on this, this is big around. Maybe this <laughs> might be the problem. This is a manly to the point bourbon that prides itself. I like it. From separating <laughs> the men from the boys, so that's all I'm. That's all I'm gonna say. It's a damn fine. Um, right there. <laughs> 114 proof, so pretty pretty strong. Has a pretty good bite, but they classify it as full bodied, nicely proofed. Budget price, it was only 26.99 for the bottle, um, and they claim to that it is a must have bottle on your shelf. So, so is this a Roger Moore? Disagree. Is this a Roger Moore bourbon, or is this a Sean Connery bourbon? <clears throat> this this is that, it was in Live uh, and Let Die. Let me, let me get that for you. you. I will say this is not a great bourbon, so by any means, but I will tell you this has a it does have a very full taste and it's got a really nice long finish. It does. It does have a nice long if you can get past the initial burn. Mm-hmm. Yep. It does stay with you and it's got a nice finish, but the first 3 fourths of the journey are Mm-hmm. No bueno. So very good, Alton, because the description here is the long finish reveals almost a candied aftertaste with red hot cinnamon being very present. Oh, and that. that's actually go. what okay. I'm tasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost yeah. like yeah. you know the, the you remember hots. the red hot's candy. Yep, yep. I'll give you that. So hmm. it definitely has a burn. I actually like the taste of this, though, personally. Okay, I'm um, I'm not with you on that one. No, I'm with. No, that's mm-hmm. fair. But but that's I mean I. I I didn't really let it sit out, so I'm, yeah. le- I'm letting it sit right now because I just can't do another one of yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, 1973, Roger Moore. Yeah, this just doesn't seem mm-hmm. like something Roger Moore would drink. Yeah. It's strong. It's in it. It's a man's yeah. man's bourbon. Yeah. I, I do not like the wide mouth bottle, though. Does it remind you of Mickey's malt liquor? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you <laughs> oh say God, that. Oh, my God, the ditch. <laughs> there, there really is nothing interesting about the bottle. Nope. So no, I, no. But if you think about the name... There is something a little bit reminiscent about the old granddad and um, the medicinal qualities of the bottle. So Basil Hayden's grandson, or great-grandson. God, did you listen to the story? I'm part of it, obviously. I got it. So for those who are listening on podcast, the button on the left. Yeah. Hit it like seven times. Exactly. At the beginning of the story. The brand was created by Raymond B. Hayden and named after his grandfather. So the grandson. Grandson created it well, i was trying to get back to some recipe correlation because once mm-hmm. you guys try basil hayden or we talk about that yeah, yeah. yeah. it's nothing like mm-hmm. this. nothing at that's all. what i was trying to figure that out actually be a pretty good segment which is genealogy like here's, yeah, here's one cool. family branch you look at beam and bookers and baker and yep and then just follow be like through. this is where yeah. this is where they got kicked off the yeah and i'll tell you who was it okay. Kurt, you were saying earlier about how idea. um ancestral the bourbon tree is mm-hmm. if you will i mean you, you really not many could. branches you're right yeah 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 but I mean, the thing is, is Roll that faster. The thing is, so this is a 114 proof, but there is an old granddad, 80 proof and 100 proof as well. 
Oh, maybe the 80s more our style. It may just be cut. No, but I mean, I think what could be interesting is to try all three together and yeah. see the the distinguishing factors between the different flavors versus with within the proof, right? I might all try right. a different brand. Write that right down the uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm willing to try different okay. Proof. okay, podcast so right. 77 <laughs> will be the what, tour what, of the Old Ground Dead family. So right. This yeah. is an Ezra for you is what you're saying. So, yeah. so how far or how close to the floor was this? Uh, this was about, about midway up shelf. Yeah. About it was midway 20, up the shelf. It was yeah. like twenty-seven bucks. So yeah. it's it's not. I wouldn't call it a well, cheap price bottle, but it's not beam. expensive. Interesting. Yeah. More expensive than the bean. Yeah, I'm just still struggling with the Roger Moore thing. I just I don't think of red hot cinnamon when mm. I think about casting and spies and yeah. I wonder how that got worked Roger in Moore. back then. I'm <laughs> sure it was like early early integration stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, uh, I was reading a little bit about uh, Roger Moore, or not Roger, James Bond and bourbon. And, you know, the question was, well, it seems like he would be more of a Scotch guy, right? And the mm. author of the article kind of wrapped around, well, it was kind of Ian Fleming, the creator, mm-hmm. putting his own spin so on it. he was so, a bourbon guy? So apparently Ian Fleming, uh, at one point in his life, uh, late 40s, early 50s, was in bad health. So he decided to do this based on the advice of some friends. He cut back about 50 cigarettes a day. He didn't oh. stop smoking. He cut back about 50 well, cigarettes a day. He took 50 Good for out. Him. He took 50 out. You, know, hey. you got to start something. And started well, drinking. Maybe so. <laughs> well, and then he, no, he switched. They, they advised him to switch to heavier liquors that that would counteract the um, some of the carcinogens. Hmm. They, they were saying that the... Darker, stronger liquors like cause your muscles to extra, uh, expand mm. versus contract. And I swear to God, I read this on the internet, so it's got to be true. Yeah. Had to Thank but, you, Al Gore. Yeah. All my muscles are contracting right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but that was why they were like, that's where bourbon came My lungs came just went. So. That's interesting. So, that's crazy. Yeah, hmm. yeah it came out like, I swear to God, it was like 50 in the article. So Yeah. Wow. That's a prescription that's I amazing. want. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a doctor I want. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that's incredible. So you guys asked me about travel. Like my, yeah. so Elton, you were just in Spain with your son not too long ago. Like three years. Oh, that wasn't three no, years ago. Two. Two and a half. Yeah. And that's really close Spring to three. Spring Kurt. It was, it was just like it was yesterday. Maybe though. it was when Elton told me the story because he wasn't talking to me three years mm. ago. So <laughs> it could have been. Feelings. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Nothing, Nothing more than, than feelings. I'm going back to the Jefferson. I'm gonna finish my one. And you did time. you did Spain and Gibraltar. Yes, we did. Right. Mm. And we came into Barcelona and then kind of toured, you know west, southwest, uh across the country. Uh, made a jog over to Gibraltar, finished up in Madrid and nice. headed out from there. So I think we Great did trip. uh Ten cities in eight days. Wow. It was a great trip. Did you feel like an international man of mystery? When you move in that quick, I think you would be. Gibraltar. The mystery follows me everywhere. That's cool. That's cool. That's what Natalie tells us. The bourbon thief. That's right. International bourbon thief. And Dave, you lived abroad. You lived all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I lived in Italy for about a year and a half and Saudi Arabia for two and a half. Man. And then we traveled like any spare moment we had. My parents had us either in a station wagon with camping gear or in an airplane flying somewhere. That's awesome. Saudi Arabia, that had to be cool. Yeah. So my dad worked for... Um, an international construction company. Mm. So he says. 
<clears throat> so he says. Dun, dun, so that's dun, where dun, this dun, is where dun, the story's dun, going. Dun. It's Mission Impossible. <laughs> this oh, is that's where. Right. <laughs> so um, oh, God, I can't get it. It is the right. same. <laughs> Why do you guys put up that's with right. me? Sorry. So my dad was in international construction. So yeah, that's I heard why that we traveled part. so much. Yeah, until okay. he interrupted me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the same company my grandfather worked for, and mm-hmm. um, my grandfather was a fluent speaking German. Old granddad? Did you call him that by yep. any chance? So no, I called him Papa. <laughs> he lived to be <laughs> but anyway, right. fourteen years so, old. So <laughs> so pulling together the I'm, I'm pulling together the, the old granddad I can thread. See a thread with um, travel and international man of mystery, but we speculate that my grandfather may have been a spy. Oh, come on. Really? Oh. At the front door. So he traveled um, extensively, so like so 280 cool. days out of the year, he was on the road all mm-hmm. over the world, um, spoke fluent German, and had top secret clearance through the State Department all during World War II. Brilliant. Wow. He carried a little Minox camera with him wherever he went. From a Mentos. From a Mentos. Yes. Which I'm not really sure where you get that film. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. But um, he, he did some really pretty incredible things um, and was in some really pretty bizarre places like Libya and um, building state departments and things like that. And so mm. my dad often um, wonders whether or not he had some kind of connection with the government because the chances of somebody um, having that level of clearance um, and doing what he was doing in World War II as a fluent second-generation German. Well, traveling that much, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. pretty, pretty be, slim. Did show up on a few radars. Yeah. So, anyways. Very cool. Yeah. That was brilliant. Thank God you've been back long enough to get your accent back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you've also Saudi Arabian accent. Yeah, when we got back from hey, Saudi, but, I actually spoke like I was British because all the kids were, oh, for really? the most part, um, yeah. either Germans or uh, That answers Brits. a lot. Yeah. yeah. He's always talking with that stiff upper lip. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though, I have yeah. to say. But see, now the thing is, you could be a spy, and we wouldn't even know it. Nah. I, don't I, think can't, I can't keep a secret. I don't think he has time. <laughs> yeah, and I don't I have think time. it's Sarah. She's doing all her photography. That's right. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty brilliant. So, yeah. did, did you guys chase that story any further? Like, is it... Not what really. What other things um, would you want to know? There, I mean, there's, there's tons of photos out there of him with... Um, so during, the, so let me back up. During the war, he ran um, the shipyard in Brunswick, Georgia, and em- employed about fifteen thousand employees. Wow! And hmm. he, um, they built Liberty ships. Okay. And so they would release a Liberty ship, and I've forgotten how many they built. Um, it was in the hundreds, but um, there'd be U-boats off the coast of Georgia. Yep. And um, you know, again, he knew when these ships were going to be released, and um, you had all these diplomats come down, you know, senators and whatnot, and they would christen the ship for the senator's wife. And there's all these really cool black and white photos of That's him awesome. standing with these, you know, military and politicians and whatnot. Um, and interestingly enough, man, the, uh, the ship that was uh, christened after my grandmother was sunk right off the coast of Georgia. <laughs> so, so they <laughs> built the thing, and it was his shipyard, and they just sunk it right out there. So. Um, but yeah, no, we never really dug into it. You never it. let him live that down, did you? Yeah. No. <laughs> On purpose? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. the real meaning of you saying my battleship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it's that a liberty, really cool. liberty ship, yeah. Liberty really ship, cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. yeah. It doesn't awesome. have the same ring to it, but yeah. yeah. What was it like living in Saudi Arabia? Hot. How, how old were you at that time? Oh, Derek. Seven, 
Yeah, seven, eight, nine and a half. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was. Um, it's probably a different place back then too, though. It, it was. It. Um, Cause that was, was still a long time ago. Yeah, it was still very conservative. I mean, there was no. There was no. There was no alcohol. So. Or know, motor vehicles. We wouldn't be doing this. No, there were motor vehicles. Oh. Okay. Mm. But um, my dad and all of his buddies, they had uh, brewing competitions, and so they all brewed homebrew because they couldn't get any beer. Seriously. Wow. Oh yeah. And That's it was like so cool. ridiculously illegal and dangerous to be doing. Oh, oh my god. Uh, they would also bottle grape juice and let it ferment. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine the hangovers that this guy's had. We tried that in college. <laughs> I think yeah. we did that at camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they used to, they used to always yeah. joke that uh, you'd be at a cocktail party and somebody would have smuggled in like a bottle of gin or something from um, the States. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the fly would land in the drink. And, and you'd die. grab the fly and you'd suck all the liquor out of it and throw it on the floor. <laughs> Because okay. it was nice. that, it was that you know, uh, in demand. That's, that's a man's but, man. Um, that's a but yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I bet it he drank cool. old granddad. He probably did. <laughs> he didn't yeah. even cry about it. <laughs> it was cool, but we. Um, I'm not crying. I'm not that's crying. right. It's the bourbon talking. <laughs> yeah. So we. Um, I remember when we were living in Saudi. Um, my parents sat us all down at the kitchen table and there was this big package that had shown up and we opened it up and it was from the Volvo factory in Gothenburg, Sweden. Oh. And we sat at the table as a family and like picked out what color interior we wanted and what color That's exterior. Great. And we basically built a car and wrote a check and put an envelope and sent it back to Sweden. Come on. And from there we we flew and waited. It's like stitch yeah. fix for cars. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so so for, so then this was like at the end of our, our tour, if you will, in Saudi. We flew to Africa and did a safari for I think three weeks. My God. And then that's cool. from there we went to Sweden and saw the car roll off the, the showroom oh, floor. That's crazy. And went um you know, Dad asked, where's the, the, the closest camping store? And we went and picked up a tent and sleeping bags for all of us in a stove. And then we drove through Europe for the next month. Oh, my God. Um, and then put the put the car on a container and shipped it home. And um, What model incredible. What model was it? It was a yellow 240. Nice. Fi- well, they called it the 245 because it was a wagon. Mm. Yeah. Um, with brown brown interior perfect it was an awesome car good choice that, but i mean just the, the memories still going today no like it, it got t-boned oh mm. yeah got my my uh my international sister my dutch sister kurt um mm. those dutch they're crazy she was she was driving it wow. um in winston-salem and it got slammed oh man so my um, son my oldest son's first car was a 240 oh the bricks i think it's oh, that's what they call them they call them bricks but that's what elise wanted yeah, absolute tank. David almost got one for yep. me. Mm. Yep. Yeah, so. that's 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 that cool. Awesome. Yeah, but that that's lots, a cool story. Yeah, yeah. That's, that story. that's really cool. That's really that's, cool. I love it. That's pretty cool. All right. All so right. You got a trip coming up. I do have a trip coming up. Yep. You we are. Any trips coming up for you guys? Mm, I'm going to Spartanburg, South Carolina yeah. this weekend. Here it's beautiful. Oh, Sparkle here. City, baby. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Krispy Kreme, spice, <laughs> sugar, <laughs> spice. I'll be driving. I'll Beacon, be. I'll be driving by your favorite oh, yeah, Krispy Kreme. You, you, you lock it up. You I'm lock it up. Fully uh, cultured. Fully cultured. Oh, he's he's part of the family now. He's paid enough taxes. And <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I think yeah. I, I bought my way into yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. All right, Kurt. Mm. All right. What do you think, guys? Good, 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 good conversation. Yeah, it was a good conversation. One, one really good bourbon. <laughs> I'll go one and a half. Uh, 
going back to my Jefferson. I'm I'm kind of with I'm kind of with you, Alton. I to be honest with you, like I'm gonna call it two. I'm gonna take a half of each of these <laughs> second yeah, ones right, and fair. a whole on the Jeffersons. No, that's but fair. Um, that's fair. I swear the old granddad is something. Old granddad rubs on his joints to keep them from aching. It's rough. Once you get, like I said, the last twenty five percent, the home stretch with that is really good. Or not really good. It's good. Yeah, but good you gotta, get, you, gotta you gotta slog through the seventy five percent to get there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they the first, you gotta let it sit. You yeah, know? the first it's seventy-five like a good glass yards of wine. are rough, but yeah, the twenty-five there's, minutes. There's some reason the, <laughs> Derek's the, not buying it. There's some reason the top it's of the bottle sitting. of this thing is so wide as yeah. to like <laughs> let it. I think it. I, don't <laughs> I think it blew off. There, there could yeah. be true. Look uh, at the size of that cork, poof. by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's scary. So listen, we're we're at last call, right? And so we've come to that part of the show, and with our last call, we are going to create a scenario. And it's going to entail people and places and a situation. And uh, tonight the scenario is this. So you are 007. Alton? There you go. So you get it right. I know. Thanks. Thanks. Talk about salt in the wound. So you are 007. You're on a yacht in Sardinia, Italy. Sardinia? Sardinia, that too. And um, (laughs) He lived there. You are being approached by a female Russian spy. Russian. Ooh, I like where this is going. Trying to seduce you. What's her what name? do you pour? Yavatska. Yavatska. <laughs> you, keep, you keep looking at Alton. Is this question for him or is it? <laughs> I looked at Derek when you, I said you that. You guys can oh. play too. <laughs> <laughs> so you're 007. Yavatska, the Russian spy, Ooh. is approaching you on your yacht. What Whew. do you pour? Hmm. Of these three, or just of in these, general? Of these three, it's got to be these three, right? I just, I yeah. just, I just want to re- right. I just want to reread something. This is a manly to the point bourbon that do, separates do the I, men from the boys. Do I have to drink this with her? Yes, it's the whole point, Derek. Well, where, where, you don't say, "Hey, thanks, Yavatska, uh, for the pour. I'll see you later." No, I'm just. Oh, okay. Is Sarah in the same country? <laughs> No, David. Okay. No, okay. Okay. She's on a shoot somewhere across the world somewhere else. Okay, good. Just checking. Huh. But wait a minute. That means we have significant others, though? Oh my God! <laughs> Why is it when Derek does a last call, you guys are just like, "Hey, that's cool," and you go right through it? I get 110 questions. I think we're still recovering is my from wife the, around? Por- the Portuguese John. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, just, all right, okay. I, but let me hold on a second. Right, so, yes. I'm talking through this with my wife tonight. I'm like, hey, this ha- one? I'm this? like, yeah, I'm like, hey, okay. help me come up with an idea. She's right. like, well, are you 007? I'm like, no, it's a scenario. Okay. I said, yeah, so it's 007. Perfect. Well, what would 007 be doing in Italy? I'm like, okay. Uh, you, you know what? This just isn't going to work. Well, so Liz hasn't listened to an episode yet either. Como? Quantum Solace? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> do I need yeah. to repeat the story? No, I, I got, got it. it. I got it. it. Okay. You, you taking it, champ? Crystal Clear. Who you got to do? I'm going to, because she is a Russian spy, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for the hardest, nastiest stuff and try to get information from her. So I think the fastest way to get that is this 114 old granddad. I don't like it myself, so I'm going to pour that with the hopes that she will reveal more of her secret plans to me. Mm, okay. I'm not trying to entertain her because that would be a totally different bourbon. Hmm. That's what I'm going with. 
Hmm. I'm using it as a weapon. <laughs> I'm using it as a weapon in a different way uh, because I don't want to have two drinks. <laughs> so here's the one. Here's the one fourteen, sweetie. <laughs> There's no way she's going to ask for a second pour. So what do we do next? A nice walk on the beach, Dave. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> By the way, I don't think you want to call Yavatska sweetie. Yavatska. <laughs> Dave? That's fantastic. Did, did Alton really answer the question? He did. He said, old granddad. Old granddad. Old granddad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yep. said, I don't want to linger for a second wow. drink. I prefer my women without hair on their chest. <laughs> um, <laughs> narrow-minded. That's okay. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. This really is. I am going to go with... Um, dang, this is really, really difficult. It's a very good last call. By she's the way. a vodka. She's a vodka drinker. My wife is in a different country. I was pretending my wife doesn't exist. Just for well, that's probably the safe. That's probably the you safe might want to edit now. that, Derek. Nelly. <laughs> very good chance our wives are not listening to this podcast. <laughs> Someone's popping, by the way. All right, Dave, answer the question. Um, wow. I, you know what? I, I, I'll tell you. She, um, she's likely a hardcore vodka drinker, so she can handle the old granddad. I'm guessing. So I am going to go the polar opposite route and I am going to try and sweeten her up with the Jefferson smoothness mm. and hopefully she will reveal all of her secrets to me. And I mean secrets. <laughs> okay. Shoes with that, I'm going to move included. on. All right. So I'm kind of, uh, I, I'm going to go with Derek on this one because for the same reason. So I would do the 114 uh, in the hopes of getting information. Dude, she drinks vodka for breakfast. <laughs> Old granddad's not going to do anything. Okay. And if you pass out first, it's no good. No bueno. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so, all right. Let's anyway. just hope there's not a cigar involved. <laughs> yeah, right. That would be bad. That would be bad. That would be double Scarface, right? So, Scar Scarface. All right. So, anyway, guys, uh, hey, listen, thanks for another great episode. We tasted three, I'm not going to say good bourbons because I, <laughs> I think that it's clear that we don't all agree on that. But uh, we've got the Jeffersons, very small batch. We've got the Jim Beam um, bourbon whiskey. And 114 Old Granddad. All right, guys, we're at the end of the evening. So uh, for those of you out there, if you enjoyed the episode, uh, feel free to check us out on bourbonon.com. Subscribe and uh, also find some great merchandise out there uh, for you or for those that you love. So, gentlemen, it's the end of the night. You're here. Thanks again for a great evening. And uh, Bourbon On. Bourbon On. Bourbon On.